T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. Baseball is back. And so is MLB.tv. Watch every out-of-market, regular season game on your favorite streaming devices. Anywhere, anytime, all season long. Follow the action live or on demand. Track four games at once with multi-view mode. And catch up with in-game highlights. Plus, original programs, minor league broadcasts, and local pre- and post-game shows. Go to MLB.tv to start your free trial today. Blackout and other restrictions apply. Major League Baseball trademarks used with permission. It's been an awful long time since we've said hello to Monty Poole, who you watch covering the Golden State Warriors all the time on your TV. He's nice enough to join Ray and I here on the radio, talking about the Warriors, the trade deadline, and a little bit of history that's coming up in the next couple of games for LeBron James. Monty, thank you so much for joining us. How are you? I'm good. How you guys doing? It's really good to have you. Monty Poole on the Bud Light guest line. All guests uh, appear on the Bud Light guest line. Bud Light, easy to drink, easy to enjoy. Got to get that sponsor in there, Monty. You know how it goes. Uh, Free Bud Light. I wish I could give you a sixer just for joining <laughs> us. I really could. I really do. Uh, let's talk about the game that we saw last night. And I don't know if we can point to any one game and say there's a fork in the road game for the Warriors because any progress seems to be followed by a little regression within a handful of games. But maybe huh you know maybe last night was a little sign that this team has what it takes to survive Steph Curry's absence and maybe even come in a couple games north of 500 while Steph Curry is out here that was a, a good performance over a not quite ready for prime time Oklahoma City Thunder team and you know Clay was fantastic Jordan Poole was fantastic Draymond was fantastic and Wiggins looked good yeah, I mean the Thunder. You know they're not a not, not a bad. They're just young. They're talented. They're going to be good in a couple of years. Right now they're mediocre, but they play hard and they didn't quit. And uh, uh, so the Warriors, you know, they when, when Clay plays like that, the, the geometry of the game changes, and the defense have to figure out. Okay, are we going to double him? What are we going to do? And doubling a guy who plays off the ball ain't as easy as it sounds. <laughs> you know, it just doesn't always work. And so. Um, I think the keys for the Warriors in terms of their, their current roster, uh, for them to hold on and, and stay in pretty decent position is which two things, you saw, well, three things. We saw what you, what you saw from Jordan Poole last night. Um, I guess first of all, first and foremost, because he's now the playmaker. He's a ball, ball handler and 12 assists for him is, is phenomenal. You know, he had four turnovers, but they all came in the garbage portion of the game in the second half. Uh, so I think seeing him get 21 points and 12 assists, that is, yeah, I mean, everybody was saying that was the best game they've seen him play, and I wouldn't argue that. So you don't expect that every night, but the fact that you saw him actively making his other team, his teammates look look good and, and making them better uh, over the course of the game. So that has to happen. Jordan has to play well and not be a turnover machine. Two, Clay has to be efficient. Last night he was out of this world efficient. That's not going to happen every night. <laughs> but but if he can shoot in that sort of 50% overall range, 40% from three range, they'll take that and run with it. And the third thing is Andrew Wiggins uh, has to find himself. I mean, there are signs that, that he's coming along um, 
on offense. His defense is still not where it was last year. So, uh, other than that, I think, you know, you loon just has to be loon. Draymond has to keep doing what he's doing. The bench has to keep doing what they're doing. If those three guys play decent basketball over the next three or four weeks, the Warriors will still be in pretty good shape to get a top six spot. Um, the the issue, though, for the Warriors in general, not picking out one guy, but all of them, is that they can't get a role going, that they don't have games like that, like three times out of five, and they don't get get on a six wins in eight games kind of heater. Does it look to you, after uh, 54 games, like they're capable of that, or is this just going to be a grind game in and game out till they get to the end? <clears throat> they're capable of that when everything goes well, which hasn't happened very often this season. You know, th- last night's win was the only time this season that they've beaten a team by more than 25 points that wasn't named the Spurs. And we know the Spurs are a tank team. So uh, that that kind of runaway just hasn't happened much this year. And they've they yet to become, yet to be three games over 500. If they win tomorrow night, they're three over 500 for the first time this season. So they've been locked into mediocrity the entire season. And it's hard to see this team getting on a roll without Steph. But their schedule is fairly friendly coming you know, before the break. Four more games. Like the Clippers are going to be tough. But four more games against teams that they were that beatable teams, beginning with tomorrow at, at Portland. So um, they're all games that can win. The Lakers, yeah, they can win that game. So it's now the question will be how long will it take before Steph gets back? And it, it sounds like he's going to be back early to mid March. Um, and if you look at that, you're talking about a span four games before the break, another six or eight after the break. And then maybe you look for him to come back. If the Warriors can win, you know, can go, say, over the next 15, go 9-6, and six, they'll take that because that means they'll be 5 over 500 for the first time all season. So, uh, But if they go 6-9, and nine, then they're in deep trouble. They're in deep trouble. They're looking at a play-in berth, and obviously that's not something they want because your season then comes down to one game. Monty Poole with us here on 95-7 The Game. If defense's effort, How come the Warriors don't put forward the requisite effort to just shore that up a little? Night in, night out. You know, it's it's hard to criticize Steve. This team's had so much success under him. But does his voice still ring in that locker room the way that it used to? And, you know, is, is his message now falling on, you know, slightly deaf ears? You know, I, I don't say I don't think that's the issue because it's a veteran team, uh, and the three vets, Clay, Steph, and Draymond, you know, they're all with Steve. And uh, so, as long as the three vets are with the coach, then the coach's voice is going to matter. Uh, so I think that's that's not the issue. But Draymond said something a couple of weeks ago on his podcast that that kind of I think has an, a, certainly at least an element of truth. And what he said was that he, he realizes that what happened between he and Jordan in the preseason took away some of his leadership tactics. You know, he has to be more careful about how he moves in terms of motivating guys and, and getting in guys, you know, getting guys to, to reach the next level. Whereas before, he could go in and just yep at people, you know, and, mm-hmm. and, and get maybe a reaction. After that, you know, guys might look at him a little bit differently. And so... He's trying to figure out a way to navigate that and, and still be the leader that he has been all these years, while at the same time being aware that that one incident was so dramatic that 
you know, that changes the way people look at you and the way people may take what you say to them. So um, he just has to be careful. And, and I think that's one of the issues that has hurt the team this year is that he hasn't been as effective a leader as he has been in the past. And you see it on the defense of it. He's playing good basketball, you know, but, but his voice isn't really reaching some of the guys that as well as it did before. And basically he's saying part of that's his fault because He's still trying to figure out the best way to do that. And I think you can see that on the defensive end a lot of nights. But how much of it is supposed to be his responsibility? I mean, the veterans know how important defense is. Uh, the younger guys have been around long enough to get the message, even if it doesn't come from Draymond. So what's the what's the bulk of the breakdown? Is it is it that they're not as good? A defensive team that are they starting to age out a bit on that end of the floor i mean is it really about leadership or is it about something else no it, it's a combination of things but draymond is still an elite defender uh kevon looney is still good at times you know he doesn't he has more difficulty staying in front of guys than he did a couple of years ago so i think that you know you guys are getting to the rim with him that before couldn't uh and and steph when he's out there you know the effort has been good but his defense has been okay uh, Clay has had, he, he's been inconsistent. He's had some tremendous defensive games. He's had some other defensive games where he's out there running, running in circles and like, who's he guarding? You know, so you're not sure what he's thinking and what he's doing. I mean, the Boston game, example, at, at Chase Center, when, you know, he basically uh, put Jason Tatum in jail, uh, that's the kind of game you want to see from Clay on a regular basis. And you just don't see it on a regular basis. And Andrew Wiggins last. Sorry, go ahead. Oh, yeah, Andrew Wiggins last year, the other guy I was going to mention. Wiggins is, uh, last year was, was a really good defender, really good defender. This year, you know, it's been hit and miss. And so uh, it's not that they can't, it's that they haven't. And when you see a team that hasn't been able to do it over this deep into the season, you do begin to wonder how far they can go in the postseason. Monty Poole with us on the Bud Light guest line. So do you think the Warriors throw their hat into the ring before the trade deadline, or are we looking at the team? No, their hats, their hats in the ring. Uh, they're definitely, you know, looking at something to do. But, uh, you know, it, just because you want to make a deal doesn't mean you, you find the right partner. And I think what the Warriors are trying to figure out and, and, and what makes it hard for them is that it's not so much about what they can get. It's about who they'll give up for what they got to get, what they're going to get. And they're reluctant to trade James Wiseman still because they still see his upside, even if it doesn't fit with this specific roster. So they have to tell them, if they're going to trade him, they tell themselves, well, he's not a good fit for this roster, which he isn't, and we'll figure out a way to get a big man who fits the roster, whether it's in this trade or beyond. So, uh, But when they drafted James, they, their thinking was, he's going to be around for us. He'll be in, in his mid-20s when Steph, Clay, Draymond age out. And we'll have a guy, a big in the middle, who can score, which he can do right now. And we'll teach him some defense. Well, that part's been coming along slowly and in fits and starts. So they don't want to, but it doesn't mean they won't. Uh, and other than that, you're looking at guys who basically aren't really getting much playing time because two things have happened in the last three or four weeks that changed their thinking. And that is one is that Kaminga's playing good basketball for the most part, and he's become a really good uh, point-of-attack defender, which they really were looking at trying to get somebody to do that, fill that role. Uh, but he's he's been doing it pretty well. He wants the role, and he's been doing a decent job of it. So the need is not as pressing for that position, for that role. And the other, to me at least, is that Jermichael Green, who the first part of the season didn't look good at all, now looks like he can 
contribute. I mean, he's hitting shots, he's rebounding, he's making defensive plays, so it doesn't mean that they won't. But having those two things happen in the last few weeks kind of changes their thinking about the urgency. So we'll see what happens over the next couple of days here. But, uh, no, there is no urgency to make a move, but I think they're still looking at someone who can show up the front court. Slater reported today that the Warriors are now listening to offers for Wiseman, Moody, and I'm guessing that's got to be a package, right? Yes. Yes, and why would they look at those two guys? Because, again, they, they're they not really playing right now, and they don't know when they'll play and when they'll be in a rotation. And, and Wiseman, you know, Jermichael Green's ascendance sort of affects Wiseman, and, and so that's going to be a factor there. And again, you know, because Steph is out, it's not you can't make a move because your your leader is going to be missing for you know three or four weeks. You, that's that's short term thinking, and it's dangerous, and it's a panic move. And the last time they made a panic move, it backfired in their face, and they didn't make the playoffs. That was the Kelly Oubre situation. So I don't think they'll go that route, make a dramatic move because Steph's out, and we need to get somebody. And so Wiseman, Moody, and you know a draft pick down the road, whatever. No, I, I think it would be a smaller move, but I, I still think that they are determined to try and get someone who can help up front, and they need that, and we'll see what they end up with. Give us three potential names that fit that bill oh. if you're using... Here we go with that game. Three names. Well, no, no. I, what, I'm, or, or just give me one kind of player and use a name just so that we can envision it. Okay. Because I'm, what, I'm, what I'm wondering here is... Exactly what kind of trade value do you get for Moody and Wiseman, given the fact that they never play? Well, you have to get whoever would would, would take those two guys. Are thinking obviously for the future? You know that it would be it would be a team that's not going anywhere this year. Uh, and there are a couple teams out there out there that are like that. And that's where you're looking at a guy like Pirtle in, in, in San Antonio, and you're looking at a guy like Kelly Olynyk in Utah. And they're different players, but. Olenek would be a good fit. His type of player in that he's 6'10", 6'11". He can, he's a floor stretcher. He can shoot the three. He's a good passer. He, he would fit the way the Warriors play offense. And Pirtle's a guy who's more of a factor in the, in the, in the paint, which to me, I think they need that a little bit more. Uh, the way they, they're, they're built right now is someone who can be a force in the paint. You know, Pirtle's not a superior rim, defector. He's a rim protector. He's not Miles Turner. But he's, he's, he's decent in the paint. And I think that's a guy that, you know, would, again, that type of guy would fit kind of what they're looking for. So, and those are two guys who could be available. Money, you getting any vibes hanging around the team as to what Bob Myers' future may hold? Um, yeah, the vibe I'm getting is that people are nervous about it. <laughs> and that speaks to, I'm just going to say, if, if Bob is to, were to leave, uh, I don't know who in that building would be happy about it. Well, there you go. There's reason to keep him around right there, I would think. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And so I just don't, I, I think if that, yeah, if he were to walk, I, I think there'd be a lot of people in there going, okay, what do we think? What are we doing here? What are we doing here? Um, <clears throat> because think about it, and they, that championship they won last year was a surprise to most everybody. And usually that's when you give your general manager a bump, you know, at that point. We won a championship we didn't see coming. Okay, here's your new contract, and it's a nice raise. Didn't happen. <laughs> it didn't happen. So they're playing footsie with the contract right now, and you know I don't know if you know how active it is. I know they've they've been active at it. I don't know how active it is at this moment, but I do know that you know Joe Lakeith has to be careful here because he understand he should understand that 
Bob is not just popular with, with the players, but also with the people he works with because he hears them. He listens to them. And so, you know, if, if Bob is, were to walk, yeah, I think that the Trinity, and I'm thinking of Bob and Steve and Steph, uh, the other two guys will not be happy. And if Steph is not happy and if Steve's not happy, then you got to question why you would do this. So I, I think they'll figure out a way to make it work if Bob himself wants to do it. Well, then let's let's ask two questions. Does Bob Myers want a bump into an area where Joe Lacob all of a sudden starts worrying about the one thing he's never worried about before, which is money? And secondly, if Joe Lacob is doing this because he thinks that it's time for a different look in the front office, how aware is he? of the collateral damage, and does he seem to mind? Yeah, well, I think to the first question, um, it's not that Joe doesn't, is not aware, I mean, not concerned about the money, because there have been some decisions made that show that he that money was a factor, and Gary Payton II was being one of them. Uh, not trying, resigning him was a money move. Um, but I'm mean, going to go back to the, to the Oubre move uh, a couple of years ago, when, when Clay Thompson had the ruptured Achilles, the Warriors felt, oh my God, we got to do something. You know, we got to be competitive this season. We got to do something, and they paid overpaid for Kelly Oubre. And I say overpaid because, you know, there was his salary, and then there was this massive salary cap, uh, salary tax uh, penalty that they had to pay to get him. It was between 70, 70 and eighty million dollars that it cost them, and they did that, and and Joe authorized that. I mean, and so it was one of those things where, and it wasn't a unanimous decision to make that move but in the end they made it and so i think now yeah that makes it look like money isn't an issue it is but after that it may be a little bit more of an issue because of the way that turned out so um in terms of bob's contract you know if it's another two one or two million that shouldn't make or break the deal for for joe um the warriors are minting money you know Look at the value. The latest valuation is between seven and eight million dollars. I think it is. It's a billion dollars. Billion. Yeah. Yeah. Eight with a B. Yes. So uh, it's not that they're expanding the empire. You know, they got Golden State Entertainment. They're doing all these things. So um, I don't think you want to quibble with this. This is not like. I mean, when Jerry West left, there were people who were like, "What are we doing?" But uh, they kind of understood it to a degree. You know, they felt maybe the front office needed to grow, and 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 you know had. I won't say he'd outgrown his usefulness, but they reached the point where they needed the front office to kind of do what it, what it does, and they thought, okay, now's a good time to make that move. Again, it wasn't the most popular move, but you know they made it and they survived it. But if Bob were to leave, because Bob is the one guy in that building who can walk into any office in there and be listened to and also uh, make someone comfortable enough to believe they can talk to him. And you, every great company has somebody like that who can do that, who can walk in any office in there and be respected, heard, and also lend an ear. And Bob is that guy. And I don't know, if he leaves, I don't know who does that. I don't know who does it. Ray Ratto's our guy here at the station. When everyone is feeling down, we send him in, Monty, to, you know, give him a little pep talk. <laughs> no doubt, man. When Ray comes, everybody listens. And, of course, we all know Ray loves us all. So, yeah, we got to talk to him like he's our daddy. Thank you so much. Great to talk to you. That was creepy. <laughs> All right, guys. <laughs>
We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s, and each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto-pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto-pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee at 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling accounts to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. Ctmobile.com. Listen to every MLB game live. In the deep left center field, it is high, it is far, it is gone. Stream minor league affiliates. The Midwest League home run leader. Watch the best baseball highlights and look-ins on MLB Big Inning. MLB at-bat is your all-in-one live baseball subscription for only $3.99 per month. Deep left field. It's going to go. Alvarez ties the game. Subscribe to at-bat within the MLB app today. Major League Baseball trademarks used with permission. 